Boom. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Draft Duo podcast with myself, Nolsey, and my co-host, Jaxie. Hope you are all keeping well and happy after game week nine. I know there's a lot of green arrows in normal fantasy. Hopefully you got the W in the draft. We're going to continue as usual and we're going to look through the fixture ticker from the bottom to the top. Before we start, I want to, I feel like a, a door salesman, but we are doing a survey at the minute for the draft and it's very important for us so that we know what type of content to bring because a good few people have done it already and we have found out an awful lot which has helped us to help you. So it's going to be in the link in the description. It's also on Twitter. Please, please do it so that we can find out what you need and what you want and what you find best on the podcast, Instagram, Twitter, everything. Also, a little extra kind of incentive to do it. The last question on it is regarding the T12. Now, if you haven't seen or heard of the T12 before, go on to our Instagram and there's a bigger, better description that we're going to do. Essentially, it's a combined draft league where you go up the ranks. Yeah, it's open to everyone. We had 72 people, I think, this year. Um, It's divided into two half seasons. So there is going to be spots available from game week 21 onwards. So if you do that survey, at the end, if you click yes, you want to get involved, please write your name, your um, handle of Instagram or Twitter, and we'll get in contact with you in the next couple of weeks to get involved. The thing about the draft is... It's very segregated. There's loads of different leagues all over the world. And what we wanted to do was have a progressive league where you can play against people all over the world. You can go up the ranks. You can really see where you stand in the draft because there is no way really to do it at the moment. And that's what the T12 is all about. Yeah, and it also gives you incentives. So if you're coming last in your league, you don't want to because where you finish depends on where you're going to be next season. Anyways, that is something that we are trying to grow and develop for this season and for seasons to come so please get involved as well as doing that survey as i said the draft is unlike normal fantasy everyone plays it differently so when we get information on how you play it we can actually use that information to give you the best content possible as i said the layout of the podcast is going to be actually based on some of the information you gave us we're going to stick with the fixture ticker from the bottom to the top talking about the most significant teams and the most significant players that are going to be available. So if we don't talk about the likes of Haaland, it's because it's very unlikely that you're going to come in contact with Haaland from the, or in the draft this season unless you get a massive trade over the line. So the players we're t- talking about are going to be the available players or possible available players in the draft. And then at the end, we're going to segregate it into defenders, midfielders and strikers and also then segregate it into what league you're in so how available this player will be the possibility of of them being available in an 8 to 10 10 to 12 and then a 12 plus league because as we said you play in a range of different leagues so we want to make it accessible for everyone we're also then going to rank the players so let's say we're looking for a midfielder for uh, someone who's in an 8 to 10 man league we're going to rank a couple of possibilities and who we think you should put top yeah the idea of that is Let's say you're in a 10 to 12 man league and you're coming first or you're coming second. If you're in that position, you could know what you're doing. But if you are looking for a bit of help, you could listen to that part of the podcast and see 10 to 12 man league. And we'll have ranked four players for that uh, that size league. 
So you can rank those four players then in your drafts just to ensure that you get at least one of them. So that's, I suppose, the idea. And that extrapolates then to all the different size leagues. Jeez, extrapolates, man. There was, sorry, a message that we got. Man called Todd Black. Thank you very much for the message, Todd Black. Todd messaged us just saying how much he enjoyed the podcast and essentially just a couple of words motivation and it's extremely helpful. It you know, if you ever feel like you're getting sick of doing a bit of research, a message like that just gives you a kick up the arse being like, shit, I need to get the best content possible. And so thanks for that, Todd. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a like, follow, Instagram, Twitter, especially Twitter. So before we segue into the fixture ticker, why it's important to follow us on Twitter is because a lot of false information was given about uh, given out this weekend by managers. Eddie Howe literally came out and said after the game week, or during it was on, when it was essentially past the deadline, that Botman was injured for longer than he said. In the presser, he said, oh yeah, he has, he's, you know, he's going well, he might play. And then he came out and said, I, I, I had to say that, I can't come out and say that he's injured. As well as uh, Steve Cooper has been not saying anything about injuries this season. Callum Hudson-Odoi, who we thought was going to be a good option this weekend, just injured. And nothing said about it in the press conference. The reason I'm saying that is because on Twitter, we are going to give you updates throughout the week. This is Tuesday night that we record this so that we have enough, you have enough time to get them waivers in and sort them out. But a lot changes from now until then. So on Twitter, mainly, we're going to do a lot of injury updates so let's say some of the players that we are going to talk about we're going to give two options and that depends on europe so if we say player a or player b more than likely if player a plays in europe go for player b so again we update you on twitter about injuries and minutes so that could be key information in choosing some of the waivers that we're going to talk about today but enough said let's get to it first fixture that we're going to look at our first team at the bottom of the fixture ticker is Chelsea. Now they had a good result the last day against Arsenal, but they are still still bottom with fixtures of Brentford at home, then they've Spurs away, City at home, Newcastle away, Brighton home, and then they have United away. So although Chelsea are coming into a bit of form, uh, they do have some tough couple of fixtures there. Um, no defenders really stand out for those couple of games. One thing to note is Reese James is back. I think he played five, yeah, something like that. Five minutes the last, so he is back. Question marks over how long he'll he'll last over the next few weeks. He's probably injured again now. Yeah, they'll say on Twitter he's injured again mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. That's another false information we got. But uh, looking at Chelsea's team, personally, I do think against Brentford they will score goals. Spurs. Highly unlikely. <laughs> I know, that's just coming from a Spurs fan. But yeah, City, Newcastle. So yeah, defenders, a no-go. But if you're looking for attacking threat, Palmer, Mudrick and Gallagher could be great options. Palmer, specifically because he's on penalties, scored the last day. Mudrick, he got a goal and an assist the last day. Now, his goal was a bit fluky. but I think he came out and said... Oh, I've been practicing this or so. He came out essentially saying it wasn't a fluke. So don't listen to him. I don't know if it was his goal or Jacob Murphy's goal. But Jacob Murphy's looked like his was accidental as well. Yeah, definitely. But look, they're always going to say yeah, they meant it. Other things to note on Mudrick, 
Modric, he's seven touches in the box per 90, 1.17 shots per 90 in the box. But he was whipped after 66 minutes for Jackson. So although he has some great stats there, goal and assist, coming into a bit of form, um, he might have a bit of uh, rotation with Jackson. But yeah, I still think he's a good pick. Finally then is Gallagher. Now, when we do discuss waiver options and we're going to rank him at the end of the podcast in let's say the 12 plus man league here is when we'd recommend somebody like Gallagher he did get an assist the last day he does play a bit deep but he is nailed so it's kind of players like this that you will see in the 12 plus man league selection last thing to note on Chelsea is they do have some very good fixtures from game week 16 to 21 every fixture from game week 16 to 21 has a fixture difficulty rating of two. So although they have some very tough fixtures in the, over the next five, the it, there is a swing, there's a fixture swing there. So if you do get some Chelsea assets, even Reese James in defense, if you did hold them for some of their tough fixtures, he could be a great option for, for later on. Coming up the list to Man City, they are third from bottom. They too have a lot of tough fixtures, but as we know, it doesn't really make a difference to City. Now, unfortunately, in the draft, City usually aren't a very good team to pick from. In the waivers, all their players are usually picked, but there is a couple of options that might be available. Rodri coming back from suspension could be available, as well as a better pick in Bernardo Silva. So Bernardo Silva was out injured and has played 90 minutes in the last two. He does play a lot deeper. He makes them tick. And we know with City that even Rodri, as a CDM, can get in amongst the goals. Bernardo got five goals and four assists last year and throughout his last like four or five seasons he's averaging around six goals, six assists in and around that. So that's not too bad for a waiver pick as well as playing for City. We know that once they have this kind of City badge on them they have a higher trade value so if City come into a nice run of fixtures in the future Bernardo could have be of high trade value and as we always said you want to get someone from the waiver and trade them up. You want to increase your trade value of your team so if you're getting Bernardo from the waiver you know, you might change or transfer him into someone better in the future. Next is the Evertonians. They are <laughs> fourth on the fixture ticker. I'll just run through their fixtures very quickly. They have West Ham away, Brighton home, Crystal Palace away, United at home, Farce away, and then Newcastle at home. Just taking a glance at the first three of West Ham away, Brighton home, and then Palace away. Like you look at them three fixtures for Everton, West Ham, Brighton and Crystal Palace and you think, oh, not great. But West Ham are letting a lot of chances through. Brighton are very poor defensively and Crystal Palace just don't look the same without their best players. As well as Everton having the highest, uh, second highest chances created in the Premier League this season after Newcastle. So Everton are actually getting very unlucky. I know they kind of had a poor game against Liverpool, but that's due to obviously being away at Anfield and having a red card. Yeah. So, although they're fourth from the bottom on the fixture ticker, that can be misconceiving? Misinterpreted. Misinterpreted sometimes. Players to look at would be, number one, who I believe is Jack Harrison, and then two, Mac Neal. So Harrison, although he was whipped after 45 minutes. Both of them were actually whipped after 45 minutes. Boat wingers. Boat wingers whipped. That was because of the Ashley Young red card. Harrison, I have him in there because of his attacking threat. Looked really good in his debut uh, two weeks ago for Everton. And McNeil, 
because he's on set pieces. The other kind of top players for Everton, obviously DCL, Decore, we predict they're going to be taken. Yeah. When yeah. we don't mention them, we're just going to assume they're taken. Yeah. Uh, I think we did a rank in there last week and we had Harrison first anyways. DCL got whipped at 60 minutes. So is that fatigue? Is he trying to... Like, again, with a red card against Liverpool, you can't read too much into minutes, but Harrison is a very good pick. And as you said, McNeil, if you want some route into uh, Everton, which, you know, might be the best thing. Might be the best thing. He's on set pieces. But again, we'll rank them two more kind of specifically when we get to the end. Moving on up. Moving. <laughs> uh, United are sixth from bottom. Um, they have a very tough fixture this week in six from City. bottom and six points off City. There you go, man. Three at the weekend. Um, but after the City game, they have Fulham away, Luton at home, Everton away, Newcastle away, and Chelsea at home. So they have three nice fixtures in there: the Fulham, Luton, and Everton game. And they have a couple of options. A lot of the top players are taken and underperforming. So you never know. Some of these options that might outperform some of them kind of more valuable assets, but we'll see. Regulon, we tipped last week, but apparently he picked up another illness at the weekend. United are playing during the week, I believe, so we will see. Will Regulon get the start or will he be involved? If he doesn't, or if he's on the bench, well then I'd be tipping him to start at the weekend. Evans came off injured, Lindelof played left back, so I presume Regulon will just fit left in left back again, no issues. And has that attack and threat. So there's a lot of injuries in United's defence. Yeah, Maguire starting. So Maguire's, you know, Maguire's uh, Varane came on. Nailed. I don't know because Varane came on for like a minute. So maybe Varane's back in. But in terms of the left back position, I'd go for Regulon. Obviously, that's in the case that you have your team set up and you can bench him this weekend. I got him last weekend. He didn't start. It actually helped me win the game because uh, Fatty came on for me. But... I'm having him on the bench this week, obviously, and just hoping that he's back. And then for that Fulham, Luton, Everton kind of trio of fixtures, you can start him and hopefully expect, if not clean sheets, you have some chance of returns. In second place for United is Mac Sauce, or as Jaxie has written down here, Saucy Boy. He's just in the form of his life. He's rarely, he did at some stages bring that Scotland form into United, but he's continuing to do that. Again, he's going to be a short-term pick when everyone is back. Casemiro picked up a very short-term injury. He should be back. He's worth a shout. Especially not this weekend, though. It's Fulham, Luton, Everton. Will he be in the team by then? We don't know. Third is Anthony. He's kind of in the same position. He did play, I think, 63 minutes? 63 minutes at the weekend. And played decent. Better than his usual standard. Still played under par. Might have played his way into the team. We saw that Mount, I think, got one minute or something. So, I don't know. Maybe Ten Hag wants to rotate and stuff. But as I said last week, he prefers Anthony. He likes Anthony. He wants to start Anthony. So, not someone I'd be recommending too hotly. But um, I suppose kind of keep him on the radar against City this weekend. A lot of the time we can't tell too much from the big, big teams. But yeah, come next week, Anthony, if he looks like he might start and keep his place for the next three could be an option but definitely be going regular on is kind of the more nailed out of them three and the other two as hunts if we look at the other players that could take the position as i said also mount got two minutes sorry erickson 27 garnacho 26 they do play midweek as i said so maybe we can assess more from there but mount. yeah a lot of rotation what's your own head called mount jason mount <laughs> jason mount and um, bruno hernandez <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, a small bit on United. Hopefully, Regular gets a start. And, you know, if he, if he can do a Delawana and do a, like, a haul, um, a goal or a clean sheet and an assist, he'd be massive for your team. Next up is Newcastle, who are ninth best on the fixture ticker. With Wolves away, then they have Arsenal at home, Bournemouth away, Chelsea and United at home, and then Everton. Just to note on Newcastle, they do have Champions League this week. They're playing Borussia Dortmund, so there will be rotation again this weekend. The, I suppose the standout player is Jacob Murphy, who had a fantastic week. That was the first 90 minutes he has played in the Premier League. So I suppose that's why a lot of people wouldn't have considered him and why he would be available on a lot of, a lot of waivers was his minutes in the Premier League. He has played in Champions League. So Jacob Murphy, he's, I suppose, the standout player at the moment in terms of availability. So look, going on the recent pattern of Almiron playing in the Premier League and Jacob Murphy playing in Champions League, that may have flipped. So keep note on Newcastle's fixture against Dortmund this week. If Almiron starts, then Jacob Murphy would be a fantastic waiver pickup for that Wolves fixture. And like as the season progresses, that could be a common theme. It could be a common pattern that if Almiron plays one week, Jacob Murphy plays the next. So keep note of it, but definitely for this week for the Wolves fixture. Problem is that that could have flipped again. And, you know, looking at Champions League breaks and stuff like that, that might screw everything up. If they don't play Champions League, but there's that Almiron back and there's Murphy rotated. So the only reason he's a good punt this week is because going on that pattern, as you said, yeah. he could be in for Wolves. Yeah. And, you know, we like to take kind of punts at that. And when we kind of think a player is going to play, you know, don't just don't think oh well he's going to be a rotation risk if you have a fifth choice midfielder there and you want a one week punt you know and you're willing to take a risk of him not st- not starting or playing 70 minutes it's actually a, it's, a, it's a good punt especially against Wolves yeah like for me I'd I'm going to take a punt on Jacob Murphy I like to practice what I preach like for example I brought in Harrison last week absolutely gutted it didn't work out in my favour but I'm going to have a go at Jacob Murphy again if he's not already taken ahead of me other players to note, look, Anderson, he only played 10 minutes. Laskalez, so, Nolte, you had a bit of concern about Laskalez because Eddie Howe Batman. came out and said the Batman. Yeah, I remember I was, look, I was just looking at training pictures, Batman coming back stronger than ever. And, uh, you know, Eddie Howe's comment saying, like, he could, be, he could be fit. And I was saying, okay, well, go for, I put it up on uh, Twitter, go for uh, Lascelles and... If it looks like Botman's fit, maybe free agent him out. Then it comes out that Botman's like four or five, six weeks away, possibly. So he is a great option now for the next four or five game weeks. As you said, you have Wolves. Arsenal probably not a great fixture, but the Bournemouth. So in the next three, you could be looking at two clean sheets from a Newcastle defender. And then if Botman's looking fit, you can kind of um, look to switch it up a small bit. But if you got him last week, based on what we said, Definitely a hold because, as we said, Botman's another couple of weeks away. On to Aston Villa, who last week and the week before were top of the fixture ticker. They are moving down slowly, but that's only because City came into the, the fixture ticker. They still have four very good fixtures in the next six. They have Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home, Spurs away, 
Bormadoy and then that dreaded City fixture. But Villa looked like a fantastic team to pick up this uh, week, or this year, sorry. They are extremely attacking. And the best thing about them is that a good few options are coming on late and still have options of scoring. The problem is that they are rotation risks. Talked about Diego Carlos last week and just an update on him. Didn't start, so I would avoid Diego Carlos. We talked about maybe they go five at the back, so on and so forth. Um, I would avoid Diego Carlos because we just don't know. It's uh, it's just, as we said, we'd like to pick up on patterns here. and It's just a bit of a, a random pattern, so I wouldn't go wasting my, um, let's say, fifth rotating midfielder spot on Diego Carlos, hoping he might get in the team. Yeah, he's like... Uh... It's a sun cost fallacy, man. <laughs> it's a cost fallacy. I know I mentioned this before, but yeah. you might have even an affinity to a player, but you can't keep holding on to like the, the slight chance that he plays because based on yeah, the past couple of game weeks, it's not looking likely that he's going to play. And I'm going to flip that on its head. We have Douglas Louise written down here and we roasted him so often this year being like, well, if you want to pick him up and just hope to get a penalty, well, that's, you know, you're going to get a penalty, you're going to get one pointer and he scored five goals this season. I still... Now, it depends on your size league. If you're in a 12-size league, 12-man size league, obviously pick up the Douglas Louise like. But I think he's going to go extremely high mm. on the waiver this week. Obviously, he's going to be one of the first names on the waiver. Um, yeah, he scored five goals. He's probably all for form. And he's playing a lot higher. He's still a very good pick. But he's one of them players where <laughs> he could be doing anything. I'm like, nah, nah, bad pick. Like, I thought about this this week. If I ever recommend Lucas Digne on this podcast, I will quit. And everyone can hold me to that <laughs> because I don't care if Lucas Digne has the 10 best fixtures in the world and kept ten clean, or 9 clean sheets in a row. The time you pick him up, he'll get a yellow card and they won't keep clean sheets. It's just one of those players. Douglas Louise have always had bad luck with. Same with Digne. So now Douglas Louise does look like a good pick if you're in a... Um, any size league he's worth to pick up Which and just play set and forget and just accept that some days he's going to get a one pointer um, you just you know the penalties are so big the penalties are just absolutely massive and he's on corners he has a lot of routes to point points but I just hate him sorry I don't know the stat on it but it does seem that like there's so many penalties as well nearly every game week like Salah had a penalty he had a penalty Two. He's had two, two, if not three penalties this year. Uh, obviously, he scored from play as well. So um, he is getting a lot higher up the pitch. But I just, just, yeah, I don't know. It's just because you, I you mean, have a preconception of him that he's not an attacking player. That yeah. he always gets yellow cards. But yeah. I suppose it's a new Villa team under memory as well. And if you look at the way they're set up, they're set up with Cash and Digne at the, as the wing backs, and then they have player we're going to mention McGinn um, slightly forward and kind of like a, kind of like what Chelsea played with um, Tuchel you know five and then kind of a diamond at the top and Diaby and Watkins are playing up top together you know at the start of the season we thought Diaby's going to be this winger but he's actually playing like nearly up top behind Ollie Watkins and Douglas Louise is playing relatively far forward as well so as much as I don't like to say it, Douglas Louise is a great option the other option that is probably available in most leagues is John McGinn. John McGinn, he always comes in and out of teams at some stage throughout the year because, you know, anytime Villa have a good run of fixtures, he's usually available. Uh, he got an assist last week and he's not he's a nice player to have in them. Next three, you know, if, if you have a spare spot in that midfield, John McGinn, 
to that Luton Forest and Fulham game, you can sit and forget and just, you know, accept what's coming your way. If you are in a bigger league and you really want someone from Villa, you have to come down the list a small bit and you have to look at Bailey or Zaniolo. Zaniolo has four out of nine starts this season, averaging around 60 minutes, but has got whipped twice before 60 as well. So that's the last thing you want. The problem is that Bailey came on and scored. Like before the game week, I was looking at Zaniolo being like, okay, he's going to be an option. But Bailey came on and scored worldly. And Bailey's stats are actually better than Zaniolo's in terms of returns, even though he's played a lot less. He's had three goals and one assist. He's only started three. But the thing with Bailey is that he doesn't need to start to actually get them returns. He has, I think, two goals from substitutes or as a substitute, same as the last day. So we're going to talk about them and where we rank them at the end of the podcast. But they are two possible ways into the Villa side. Not my favorite options because, you know, depending on Europe, Europe during the week, we can kind of figure out who might start. If one starts, maybe go for the other and vice versa. So there are two other options, but they are rotation risks. So, you know, they're kind of more punchy ones. They're not long-term holds. Maybe you want them for just that looting game. And then hopefully they carry that form into the Forest or the Fulham game. Next up is West Ham. West Ham have some good couple of fixtures next. Um, they have had a bit of a tough run in the first nine. Uh, they face City, they face Liverpool. But I do think uh, the tables will turn over the next five game weeks. They have Everton at home, Brentford away, Forest home, Burnley away. Palace at home and then Spurs away. A few points to note on West Ham. So Emerson, he is suspended for the next game week. What's that mean? Kerher is now an option. As well as that, as well as Cresswell. The only thing about Cresswell, he is at 50% at the moment and he has a lack of match fitness. And Kerher was the option when they played in Europe. Uh, two, three weeks back. Yeah, so Europe this week would be very important for West Ham in terms of seeing who's going to play at that left-back left back role. I think Cresswell has a good chance at getting in their long-term. He was their long-term left-back for, for years. Um, so let's say he is back for, let's say, game week 11. He's going to be a good option for Forest, Burnley, Palace. Maybe next week he might be a good pick-up early if he doesn't play this week. If he does play this week, I'd be picking up next week. And then next week, if he's just starting to get into it, maybe get him a small bit early for them three nice fixtures in a row. Yeah. The I suppose the best thing about West Ham as well is Moyes has least least team changed in the season. Yeah, least like different players starting. Yeah, so you can easily predict who's gonna play for West Ham. Which is a good thing and as you said a bad thing. Which if we want the likes of Kudos who we think should be in there, better footballer than Antonio and they look more dangerous with them, he's like, no. Yeah. Big man make starting up top like Yeah, every day. Ninety minutes as well. Mickey's gonna play. Um so yeah obviously Antonio he'll be gone. Uh you're the likes of Bone, Suchek they'll all be gone yeah just a point to note on Suchek actually if you look at his average position we did say he's playing very high but he was like very close to um, Antonio and Bone up top he's playing in a number 10 role so I know he got whipped at like 60 something minutes you don't get too down about Suchek over the next 4 or 5 game weeks as we know Moyes does not like to change his team so he's probably going to start them all 
and going to be an advanced role. So although Suchek didn't return this week, he did last week and the week before. Keep faith in the Suchek. Yeah, it was against a strong Aston Villa side and they were playing away from home as well. So very tough fixture. So I wouldn't get too bogged down or I wouldn't look into that fixture against Villa too much. Going up the fixture ticker, we come to Liverpool. And although a lot of their options will be taken, depends on your size of your league that there could be a couple of options available. Just very briefly to note, Liverpool play on the 26th, which is Thursday. Now it is in Liverpool or in Anfield. And then they play again on the 29th. So I would presume that players that play that Thursday night are going to be rested because it's such a quick turnaround. And Clap always gives out about yeah, players yeah. games being on so close to each other. And if because they're in the Europe as well, we might see the likes of Elliot. The couple of options that we're looking at, uh, Simicas probably was taken last week. We recommend him last week. He got that clean sheet and got whipped and locked it in. But if he is still available in, let's say, an 8-10 to 10 league, go for him. Yeah, because he's going to start the next... Well, like Robinson's out for until January 1st, as injury experts has it as. So they have them nice fixtures. Forrest at home, Luton away, Brentford at home, City away, Fulham at home, and Sheffield away. So like, there's genuinely three, four, if not five fixtures in there that you'd be looking to start them and hoping for a clean sheet. Second on that list is Kanate slash Matic. And the reason we say that is because Matip was starting at a lot of the games up until last week. And we had predicted Matip to start and Kanate gets the start. We all know if you watch the game that Kanate should have got sent off. I don't know if that's going to play into Klopp's selection the next day. But what I would recommend is that whoever plays in Europe, go for the other one. So if Kanate plays, go for Matip. If Matip plays, go for Kanate. Unless they're whipped at like 60-70 minutes, but doubt that's going to happen to like you know a top class centre back when they have two of them they'll just start one play the other so as I said if Matip starts Kanate looks like the centre back that's going to start in the Premier League if you're really stuck for a midfielder and you want some way into that Liverpool team McAllister or Gravenberch would be available highly available McAllister as we said is playing a lot deeper if you look at his heat map from the Everton game it's fairly far forward but that's because in the second half, Everton were just camped. Yeah. They took off their two wingers, they put five at the back, and they just held out, or tried to at least. And uh, Gravenberch is a bit more advanced. Uh, the game before, he had a high XG and missed a big opportunity. So if you're going for one or two of them, I know McAllister can play balls from deep, but Gravenberch is probably more likely to return. I still think there's going to be a lot better options in midfield in a high availability um, section or in a big league. Another thing to note is that Gakpo is back. So Gakpo has played deeper. So maybe that might hinder the likes of McAllister or Gravenberch. Uh, might hinder their time. Gravenberch played 61 minutes. So McAllister looks the more nailed out of them too. But with Gakpo back, maybe he plays in the you know in the middle. That kind of affects the likes of uh, Luis Diaz, who I think is should be nailed for Liverpool. Um, Jota might be rotated. Darwin didn't start the last day because of international duty. So there's still a lot of rotation up top for Liverpool. But in the middle, maybe it's a bit more settled. But the problem is they're not really that probable to return. So I'd probably be looking to, to their defence for the next run of fixtures because they have such good fixtures. And Tamiskas is top because, obviously, of his attacking threat. Moving on to the waiver section. So... Most of the players that we have mentioned throughout the podcast are going to be mentioned again, but we're going to 
as we said, put them into sections, 10 to, eight to 10. So if you're playing an eight to 10 manager league, they're probably gonna be available in this. Maybe they're taken. If the other ones are available, uh, let's say the 10 to 12 manager league, they would still be good options. But we're probably gonna break it down in terms of availability. Some teams we haven't mentioned, and we're gonna mention their players that are good options in this section. Starting off with defenders, goalkeepers, there's not any available. There's not any that I could see that are worth taking a punt on. No. So we're gonna skip straight on to defenders. Eight to 10. We have three players ranked here. Uh, Simiscas, Regulon, and Lesselle. <laughs> I said it three different ways. Simiscas. <laughs> I think I was spelled wrong, but anyways. The left back for Liverpool, ranked number one. The reason is because of them good fixtures. He's probably going to be playing the next four or five, six games at least. And Liverpool look a bit more solid than the player in second who is Regalon. Regalon is coming back from injury. I know they play City next week, but after that they have three nice fixtures. But then they go into Newcastle and Chelsea. So over the next five or six, the left back for Liverpool is probably a better option. In third place is Lascelles for Newcastle. Again, imminent that Botman comes back, but they have two good fixtures over the next three. If we move to the 10 to 12 availability or the 10 to 12 manager league, these are more likely to be available. Veltman for Brighton. Brighton have four fantastic fixtures coming up in a row. I know they have not been solid at the back, but it's bound to change. He didn't start the last day. He didn't start. Um, we thought that he would, he had started every game up until that. Yeah, game week four to game week nine, he had started every game. But the problem, well, not the problem, the good thing for Veltman is that Milner played right back, got whipped at halftime, and Solly March got injured. Now, obviously, we don't wish injury on anyone, but that would probably open up the right back spot for Veltman, and I presume Veltman is going to start uh, next week. Yeah, uh, Milner got skinned by Doku and was whipped after 45. Absolutely skinned. And I don't expect him to start there again in a hurry. So Veltman will probably be expected to start next week and is a good option. In second place in that category would be the Kanate Matip rotation or duo, we'll say. So whoever plays in the Europe, I'd probably be going for the other person. That could be swapped. You know, the only reason I'd put them second is because we have seen rotation between them before. So just to kind of keep it nailed, I think Veltman is going to be nailed for the next couple of game weeks. Uh, I'd probably go Veltman. If it comes out that like Kanate is number one, I'd probably put him ahead. But just because there is options there, I'd probably put them second. And then on our 12 plus. So if you're in a big league, the only one we talked about really is Keher for West Ham. Again, reason to follow us on Twitter is to get an update. If Cresswell's training and there's positive news, maybe he's going to be a better option long term. If we're looking for a punt in a big league, Tamiyasu came on at half time for Arsenal. Now... That might mean that he's going to start the next day, but they are playing Sheffield. So if you're willing to take a risk of Tommy Asu, you know, either starting or not playing, the worst thing in the world would be to come on and not get a clean sheet point. He could be a very good punt, especially against Sheffield. And if you're fairly set, if you are happy with your team and you're, you're, you can afford to have someone on your bench, the likes of Dawson or Kilman for Wolves could be good punts for next week. So what I mean by that is week 11. We're coming on to game week 10. If you're set up, they're playing Sheffield away. And if you like that fixture and you can hold on to one of them on your bench, they could be good options. 
Now moving on to the midfield waiver suggestions. So I'm going to look at the 8-10 to 10 man leagues. We presume that these players will be available in 8-10 to 10 man leagues. First one is Cole Palmer. We mentioned him at the start of the podcast. He's on penalties. Scored a goal the last day. Chelsea are low on the fixture ticker list, but as I mentioned before, it can be a bit misconceiving because they do play Brentford, Spurs, City, Newcastle. Um, I know they are very tough fixtures, but I do think goals can still come in those games. And as we said, if you hold, if, if Palmer starts becoming a great pick, you have him for them tasty fixtures from 16 to 21, and now he's a fantastic pick. Yeah. Yeah, could be a very high trade value if you get him in now and hold him over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and he starts to start most games. Yeah. Number two then is John McGinn. So when we give waiver suggestions, we have the eye test, stats, and we look at fixtures. And John McGinn most definitely passes all three of them. Like even without looking at fixtures or without looking at stats, watching him the last day, he looked unbelievable. He's like a little terrier. He's yeah. everywhere everywhere his dribbling is very good he's quick he's great passing just slightly liable for a yellow card that's the only thing yeah slightly liable for a yellow card but because he's playing in such a good Villa side I do think he is a great asset especially for their next run of fixtures of Luton Barris and Fulham moving on to the 10 to 12 man leagues so number one we have Bernardo Silva mentioned him already back from injury, playing in the city side. Um, averaged nearly six goals, six assists, uh, six goals, six assists every <laughs> every year. So yeah, I do think Bernardo, if you want to get into that city team in 10 to 12 man leagues, Bernardo Silva. Number two, Mudrick. Talked a lot about him already. Goal and assist the last day. Say less. <laughs> and then number three is we have Similar to the Kanate Matip situation, we have Adingra and Ansu Fati. Now, Brighton, they'd wreck your head with all the rotation. They've made the most amount of changes. So, West Ham have the least, and Deserby has the most. I think he had like 33 players the last day or something. Maybe could be increased to 35 since, you know, a couple of more came on. But yeah. So hard to predict. Yeah, so hard to predict. Brighton are playing in Europe this week. And we have seen, like, when Fatty played in Europe, he didn't play in the Premier League or he didn't start in the Premier League the last day. So that would be something that you need to look out for, is the minutes in Europe. And we will post it uh, on Twitter, so keep an eye out on Twitter for that as well. Last thing to note, Danny Welbeck is out injured. So that could mean that Ansu Fatty um, is more of an asset. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Pedro will be nailed and then Ansu Fati could come in there as well moving on to the 12 plus man league we've mentioned a few of these already but these are these are punts um, these are just players like we're in we're in 12 man leagues the T12 so if you're trying to get in a waiver player for this game week don't know who to pick scrape in the bottom of the barrel this is for you first up our man Jack Harrison playing West Ham away this week so we mentioned West Ham highest expected goals conceded Everton are against him Jack Harrison is there as next up Gallagher nailed um, and yeah got the assist last day uh, Chelsea are playing Brentford Brentford yeah Chelsea played Brentford 
who, yeah, conceded, did a clean sheet the last day, but they have uh, conceded. And I've mentioned before, Flecken is dodgy in the yeah, sticks. So uh, that makes Gallagher even more of an asset. Other than that, we've billing uh, for Bournemouth. Got an assist the weekend. Got an assist last night. Great finish from Flecken. Practically got an assist for Wolves as well. Gave the ball away deep. He has yeah. been playing a lot deeper, but I think... If you look at the minutes in that Bournemouth side, apart from Solanke up top, Billing is one of the most nailed. Christie was playing a lot, but got only 20-something minutes this weekend. So Billing is probably the only way into that Bournemouth side, even though they're a poor side, they are playing Burnley. Yeah. Next then, uh, we have Bailey and Zaniolo. So we have the, we discussed there uh, the dilemma between Bailey and Zaniolo at the moment. Uh, personally, Bailey, I do think he had that more of an attacking I think how you rank these as well we're ranking them ourselves but if you want to go for a bit more of a punt if you want to take a chance on Bailey starting or Zaniolo starting or playing 60 minutes maybe you want to put them a bit higher than Billing and you don't think Bournemouth are great but if you're looking for kind of 90 minutes I think it's how you play it yourself if you're looking for someone that's definitely going to play 90 minutes but doesn't have doesn't play in a good team and has less of a chance of returning um, you want to put Billing higher or if you want to take a punt go Bailey or Zaniolo depending on who plays yeah. personally I'm the one week punt kind of a pair I always have like a fifth midfielder free I actually have a fourth and fifth at the moment because <laughs> some of my not by choice not by choice yeah but yeah Harrison I got him in last week so I'm delighted to have him again Leon Bailey he'd be a great punt and also Billing for that Bournemouth game just makes it that bit a little bit more exciting when you have someone like that. You'll be watching Billing this weekend playing <laughs> playing against Burnley. The beauty of the draft. Beauty of the draft is right. Um, next up then, the Anthony and McSauce. Yeah, the Anthony McSauce is kind of more of a prep one as well. That if um, you are set, you want to get one of these in for the Fulham Luton Everton. Again, we talked about how neither of these are actually even nailed. Yeah, Anthony got the start and Sauce got the start, but by the time Fulham comes around, it might be different. So, yeah, you could get them in preparation. I don't think they're that hot of an asset to get them in preparation and hold them on the bench. But maybe monitor them more than so than prep. So, Anthony and Sauce will be down there as lower options, mainly because they play City and they are rotation. Moving on to our strikers. Not usually many strikers, but uh, looking at this, there's a few. Last week, we recommended the Cunha fella and he banged. Chris Wood banged a brace and could have had a hat-trick. He had the highest out of anyone this um, weekend. Expected goals and assists combined. So essentially, expected goal involvements. Chris Wood was top by a mile. Mental. If you're in a smaller league and there's a good few strikers available, who I would be recommending would be Foster for Burnley. They have some very good fixtures coming up. And I know they're, you know, the Burnley, we always, you know, say, oh, well, they're Burnley. They are a good attacking side. They should have scored. Cooley also should have scored at the weekend and missed a sitter. But Foster and Andouni in second place are nailed for Burnley. Foster more so and is a better player. So they could be two good options to get in for the next couple of game weeks. Below that is uh, Maupe. He would probably be maybe in the 10 to 12 category. Played up top, got an assist for Brentford. Had a 0.76 expected goals. Their fixtures are very poor though. So maybe you don't want him for one of the smaller leagues where you probably have better strikers ready to start anyways. If you're in a bigger league, maybe 10 to 12 or even 12 plus, he is playing Chelsea at, Chelsea away, West Ham at home, 
Liverpool away and Arsenal at home. Not great fixtures, but again, a starting striker. If you're looking just for any striker, Ogbeni and Brown of Luton are available. Ogbeni actually returned this weekend, um, but the problem is he's playing right wing for Luton. Now, Luton aren't as bad as we first thought. They can score goals, but the probability is very low. They're playing Villa, Liverpool, United. Three very tough fixtures. So you're probably even not going to start them for them game weeks, but if you want a certain striker, if you've got an injured one, or if you have a non-playing striker, Ogbeni and then Brown second are two good options. And then finally, if you're looking for any playing striker, Vinicius started the last day but only played 45 minutes. And what is his name? Classic. Yeah. For Wolves, the striker up top for Wolves, he is like a genuine last-minute striker. Like he's coming on in the last 10 to get a goal. But he has doing that. He's been doing that. He got two goals. And they've came from like eight and ten minute cameos. So the problem with him is when are you going to start him? Yeah. I you think know? a player like that would be if you're in a 16 man league and you're looking for a striker. Yeah, and you have like no one at all. Yeah. You know, that you're hoping that he might get on and get a goal or somehow might start. I doubt, but you know, he's there, he's there. So a good few options for strikers this week, faster at the top and then all the way down to our Wolves man and a couple of uh, bits and pieces in between but that totally depends on your team. So we have given a serious amount of options. I'm thinking upwards of 20 there when I look at it. All ranked, totally dependent on your league size and your team. Again, I want to plug it. Please do that survey that's going to be in the description because that can give us more information on how many people are playing, let's say, 8 and 10. I think around 10 to 12 is the most common, so we're trying to give the most amount of recommendations for that area, but there is people in 16 manager leagues, which is a, it's a very tough you know, yeah. landscape to manoeuvre. We're in a 14-man league, and it's extremely tough. There's like bits and pieces here and there, so yeah, we're trying to cater for everyone. If you can do that survey, it will make it a lot easier for us to get information good information to you so as always thank you very much for listening yeah catch us on instagram twitter all that good stuff keep us keep up to date with us on twitter because um yeah as we said we're going to update these waivers throughout the week and that could make a significant difference to who you put down for a second or third but other than that draft you're out boom boom